0: I'm Aubrey Henderson, I'm a recovering people pleaser turned self-worth coach, here to help you befriend your inner critic, break up with people pleasing, and reconnect with your desire. Every week I share my answers to your questions, live coaching sessions, interviews, and more to help you reconnect with your self-worth. Have you ever felt stuck in your life and just needed a really fucking good pep talk? Well, babe, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, babes. Welcome to this week's episode. This week, I am going to answer three questions that were submitted by listeners. And just as a reminder, anyone can submit a question to me at any time for me to answer here on the podcast. That's why it's called Ask Aubrey is because I love answering questions that you all send to me and you know every episode is meant to be something helpful or useful to you whether somebody has kind of explicitly requested it or not but some of my favorite stuff to talk about are the actual questions that you all send in to me and so there are a couple of different ways you can do that you can find me on instagram i will um put my instagram handle in the show notes but it's aubrey a four h's b-r-e-e you can send me a dm on instagram um, you can send me uh, an email that's hello at aubreyhenderson.com. There's also a contact form on my website. So if you go to aubreyhenderson.com, there is a contact form that you can fill out. Um, and also another fun thing that we'll get to hear in this episode actually is that you can send me a voice memo. So if you go to anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, all one word, Aubrey Henderson, uh, you can actually submit a voice memo. So your voice asking the question, which is really cool. And so we have one of those actually that I'll answer today. But any of those ways, you can submit a question to me and I will answer it here. Whatever it is that you want to ask, um, I mean, I'm willing (laughs) willing to talk about pretty much anything that you want to know. So please, as always, send me a question, send me a topic that you want me to talk about, even if you don't have necessarily a super specific question, because this podcast is for you. It's for the folks who listen and you know, hopefully to help support you in the things that you're working through and you know, really help you to live your best life. So with that, today we are going to hear a couple of questions that were submitted. Um, they're very different questions, but they do all kind of fall under this big umbrella of folks who are navigating boundaries or asking for what they need or just challenges in relationships. And so this first one is, like I mentioned, A voice memo that was sent in. So let's listen to this first question.
1: Hi. Okay, I have one minute. My name is Christina Swazo. I'd love to hear more about setting boundaries with roommates. I think it's super relevant, especially now with COVID when there's a lot at stake. Your roommate becomes your world and it stirs, and people's needs are different now too. Like we were out of the house a lot, so I didn't realize how much. I need peace and quiet um, or what have you. Um, And so I think also targeting like how there is this power play with a roommate that I need them because we signed a lease together and it's going to make more work to have confrontation than not and a whole slew of things. So navigating that and like, why is it so difficult? And then second, what to do about it. Um, so yeah, okay, one minute. Thank
0: you so much for that question. This is such a good question. And I know that a lot of folks are really extra mindful of this, whether it, you know, is a roommate who is a friend or a roommate who is literally just kind of the person you're cohabitating with. You don't really have a relationship beyond that. Whether the people you're living with are family members. I think a lot of people are you know, extra hyper aware in this last year or so of spending more time confined to home, a lot of folks who weren't previously working at home, you know, starting to have kind of both their personal life and their, you know, daily work life all happening in one sort of sphere and with another person, that can be really challenging and it can be hard to have boundaries. I think, you know, when we think about boundaries and we, you know, we think about something like I was talking to someone today about having boundaries between work life and personal life, which one is something that also is challenged with COVID, right? Because work is no longer happening in a physically separate location for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people, again, who weren't previously working inside of their home, you know, have have spent some period of time feeling what it's like to have your workspace and your your personal space kind of be one. And it takes away that physical separation that can also kind of blur the energetic boundaries. And I think that that is something that can be really true and really difficult with roommates is that, you know, when you live with somebody, it is difficult to create boundaries because you think of like your personal private space as being a lot of the time your home or your kind of your own private part of your home. And when somebody shares that space with you, it can be really challenging to create the boundaries. And I think, you know, something else that you get at in your question is this idea that, you know, there is a sort of need that you have for your roommate. If they're somebody who, you know, you've signed a lease with, they're paying a part of the rent. And so, you know, oftentimes when we're living with a roommate, it's because we need multiple humans to be contributing to the cost of living somewhere. And so there is that sort of degree to which, you know, you want to avoid confrontation not only because, you know, confrontation is often unpleasant, um especially if you're here listening to my podcast, if you're somebody who is a people pleaser who struggles with codependency any of that, then confrontation is really fucking scary. But especially when you you are sort of tied tied to this person, in a very tangible and sort of concrete way, which is that you're on a a lease together. That's a legally binding document. You, you know, are sharing a major cost of living that is a basic human need, is having a place to live. And so all that to say, it makes a lot of this stuff feel really high stakes, right? Really, really intense and really like, oh, I don't wanna fuck up this relationship because I, I need this person and i think it's also high stakes because you know a lot of the time when we have conflict with the people that we live with it's really difficult to then feel kind of psychologically safe in your own space and that's not to say that conflict is automatically you know makes you unsafe that's not necessarily true and just having conflict with a room with your roommate doesn't necessarily mean that you that your safety is compromised right but i'm talking about this idea of you know, you're home at the end of your day and you're, you know, unwinding and relaxing if that's the space that you do that and you, you know, are are not able to fully unwind or relax if you are hyper aware of, you know, the person sharing that space with you being upset with you or if there's conflict there, if it feels like there's instability there, that is going to challenge your ability to really feel relaxed. And I think, too, when there's there's not as much space and ability to kind of go out and, you know, be out of the apartment, out of the house, out of whatever, you know, type of home you share with this roommate, then, you know, there's not the ability to then, if it's someone you enjoy spending time with, to come back together at the end of the day and say, like, oh, I, you know, I was away from you and now I'm back and it's nice to see you versus having them kind of always be in your space, right? It's really challenging. And so... In terms of how to navigate this, I mean, I think the, and this is kind of, you know, I realize this is my answer to a lot of things, right? But is really about high communication and really, really clear boundaries. And so what I mean when I say that is that, you know, when there is conflict, when there is discomfort, when there is something challenging, I think sometimes our instinct is to like not name it and not talk about it and try to let it slide because we're trying to like be chill or be low maintenance or, you know, not rock the boat or whatever. When really what happens is that we build up resentment. And so, you know, especially when we're spending all of this time together, when somebody lives in your physical space, it becomes even more important that you're able to communicate those things in sort of an ongoing way. Because the more that they build up, the more that that's going to create resentment and frustration and so when those things are eventually shared there's a higher chance that they're going to be shared with kind of more emotional intensity more frustration you know and possibly be misinterpreted or you know come across as hurtful or like you were holding something back or you know building up a case against this person versus you being able to share and communicate in real time Hey, I need, you know, I need some space. Hey, it's hard for me when you do this thing, you know, whatever the feedback is, the more you can deliver that in real time and have really high touch communication with the person that you're living with, the more that it kind of takes the emotional heat off of each of those interactions and makes them each kind of smaller. Um, and the more that you can address those things in real time, the easier it is to sort of have those things, you make them explicit so that then they become known and implicit over time, right? You name that something is challenging for you. You might have to name it a few times, right? But being able to name it that few times and be explicit and be clear um, and do it in a way that is direct and honest, then builds the ability for that person to say, oh, okay, I see that, you know, they're giving me feedback about this thing. Let me you know, maybe adjust my behavior, let me find a compromise with them, right? So I think the high communication and then also being really intentional about what your boundaries are. And I think when you share physical space, that can be tough, but it can be, I mean, it can be something as Thinking about something as straightforward as like having space that is your own. So presumably, and I know this isn't necessarily true, but presumably you have some space in in the home that is just yours. Perhaps it's a bedroom, you know, what whatever the case may be, there is space that is just for you. And, you know, having boundaries around, you know, when I'm when I'm in my room and have the door closed, like I I want you to know that's signaling I need some alone time, right? Or you know, when I'm in the apartment, but I have my, I mean, that's, this is kind of funny because this happens in our house. When I'm, when I have my big headphones on over my ears, I don't want to be interrupted. That is actually a boundary that I have. i not with my, not with an adult roommate, but with um, my children who are also my roommates, just my small roommates. Um, They know that if I have my headphones on both ears, that if they're going to interrupt me, it should be something that is urgent that is, you know, that I am interruptible to help them in case of an emergency or if they really need me, but not interruptible for like casual chat and conversation, right? Maybe it's making something like that explicit for your roommate. I think a lot of it is remembering that we don't we don't all share the same kind of um conventions around things. I think it can be easy to assume that everyone shares our perspective, not because we you know, consciously think, oh, everyone must think like me. But I think we can move through the world with our kind of playbook for things and assume just kind of subconsciously that everyone else is operating with the same playbook. And so when someone else interprets something in a way we wouldn't have interpreted it, we kind of can be like, "What the wait, what the fuck? Why would they do that? When really they are just operating kind of from their own playbook. And when we don't make things explicit then we risk that things are going to be misinterpreted, that someone else is not, is going to think that they're doing the right thing by, you know, treating us in a certain way or, you know, approaching us in a certain way in our space, when really we wanted something different from the beginning. And we can save a lot of challenge and a lot of conflict by having high communication and by being really explicit about those things. And often more explicit than we think we need to be, right? So you may not think that you need to say to your roommate, hey, when I'm wearing my giant over-the-ear headphones, I'm trying to have some time with myself and would prefer not to be interrupted unless it's an emergency. They might not think that way, right? They might see that you have your headphones on and think like, oh, she's just hanging out. Let me go tap her on the shoulder and see what she, you know if she wants to watch TV with me or tell her about my day, Whereas if you say, hey, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, this is, like, I realize we'd never talked about this before, but when I have my headphones on, this is where my head's at and, like, would prefer to kind of, like, stay in the zone. I know we're sharing space and that can be challenging, but that's kind of my way of, like, having my own peaceful time while still being in the space together. And making that explicit, right? Because then you're helping your roommate also. I mean, I think there's also the assumption that your roommate probably doesn't want to piss you off either. And your roommate also probably wants harmony in the space just as much as you do. And so beginning those types of conversations, making the things that feel implicit explicit and communicating what those boundaries are for you is going to be really helpful because, you know, then you don't have to guess and they don't have to guess. And it's going to be, you still might step on each other's toes, but I think it's going to be a lot less likely if you are able to be upfront about communicating those needs. I hope that helps. (laughs) Ask Aubrey is supported by Eliza and Wild. Eliza and Wild creates all natural, high potency CBD products designed to give you targeted everyday self care inside and out. Their ingestible and topical CBD products are consciously designed with all natural and intentionally sourced ingredients and fully recyclable packaging. So it's good for you and for the earth. And y'all, Eliza & Wild literally does not have a single product that I don't love. I have them all, and everything smells and tastes incredible and is made with ingredients that I can feel good about putting on and in my body. I take the CBD and MCT oil drops daily, and they help me to really keep my anxiety and my tension under control. And they also have a line of amazing CBD topical products including this lip balm that I am truly obsessed with and like did you know that CBD actually has anti-inflammatory properties when you apply it directly to your skin because I didn't until I started to use this lip balm and it is changing my life and also it smells amazing which we all know is really important and I know that you're gonna love these products just as much as I do. So when you grab yours at elizaandwild.com, you can use the promo code Aubrey15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's elizaandwild.com, E-L-I-Z-A-A-N-D-W-Y-L-D.com. And make sure to use code Aubrey15, that's A-U-B-R-E-E-1-5 for 15% off. Okay, so this next question came to me through Instagram, so I am just going to read that to you straight from my DMs. Okay, lately I've been struggling with the thought of either breaking up with my long-term boyfriend or just staying and working things out. Brief background on us, we have been together for four to five years. In the middle of that, he broke up with me saying he needed to focus on himself, but still messaged me, telling me he loved me, et cetera, and to wait for when he was ready. We have been a long distance couple since day one as well. We knew each other before he moved as acquaintances. So when we met up again, we got back together and then I found out he was cheating on me. That was a really tough time, but I decided to make things work with him. And now it's just that I get so frustrated because he isn't consistent with showing his love or making me feel appreciated. He's always busy with work and earning money while I want to focus on the present. He has not been showing up in the relationship the way I want him to and the way he should since he broke the trust. I just don't know if I'm asking for too much. Okay, so the first thing I'm curious about is how much you have communicated to him that what he is doing and how he is showing up isn't meeting your needs. I do not think you are asking too much. I think, um, and to be fair, I don't. You don't concretely kind of spell out in this in this note what it is that you're asking him to do, right? I think getting really clear on what it would look like for him to show up in a way that feels good to you to show you consistent love and appreciation and and to express that to you. I I would want um you know, if you were my coaching client for example, I would encourage you to get really really crystal clear on what those things are that you want, what are the types of things that you'd want to see him doing so that you can communicate those to him really clearly. I think you know, if you if you decided you wanted to stay in the relationship and you wanted to you know continue working on this with him I think it would be really important that you name for him what it is that you're needing that he is not showing um and how you'd like to see him showing up I think you know you name that you feel like because he he broke trust and presumably you know when he when he cheated on you that um because there was there was dishonesty presumably that 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 broke trust and that there's a feeling from you that he should He should be working extra hard to rebuild that trust and to show you love with a lot of consistency and, and being expressive. And I think that is perfectly reasonable for you to want. I also think that it is important to make that need known and to make that desire explicit. If there are things that you want to be seeing from him, there is absolutely nothing wrong with. And I think in fact, it's, it is really important that you do name those things, right? And you can ask for those things. And I do not think that that is asking for too much. I think if you feel that it's important that your partner is expressively affectionate to you, that they, you know, show you love and affection in a way that feels consistent and that they're doing that every day and that feels important to you, I don't think that's asking too much. I think to me, honestly, We all get to decide how we want to be treated in our relationships and what would feel good, what makes us feel safe, what makes us feel appreciated. I don't really think that there is anything that is asking too much of somebody short of, you know, doing someone harm. And what you're describing here and wanting your boyfriend to be affectionate with you and to show you love, um, that on the face of it, without knowing much more detail than that, that does not sound like you are asking too much. Um, But that is all to say. That's all with the big caveat that we get to ask for the things that we want and the people we're in relationship with get to decide whether they're willing to meet that need or not. And that means that they always have the option of saying like, no, I'm not willing to do that. Right. And, you know, for your boyfriend, it sounds like from what you've described. And again, I don't know if you, you may have had these conversations with him and he's not willing to do that. Um, But I think the only way you could know that is to have that conversation it sounds like, you know, something you said about him is that he is really focused on work. He's really focused on making money. And for some folks, that's part of how they show love and how they show care is through things like prioritizing work and income to help, you know, themselves and their close others to have financial stability, right? That's not everybody shows love and care in the same way. So that could be something that's happening. And again, if you have a conversation with him about that, that may be something that reveals itself, right? Um But I realize it could be that you've had this conversation with him and he has heard that that's something that you need and he's not willing or able to do that and give that to you, in which case that's another conversation, right? So I think what you ultimately have to do here is you have to, one, get clear on what it is that you want him to be doing, how you want him to be showing up, what would help you to rebuild that trust with him that it sounds like is, you know, it sounds like there's a couple instances where. You know, he ended the relationship and asked you to kind of wait around for him. Then he, you know, was, was cheating on you. Those are instances where some trust was broken. And that's not to say that can't be built back up, but that has to be done with intention. And it's reasonable of you to want that and to ask for that. And I think you have to get clear on what that would look like for you. And then from there, you have to be willing to have the conversation with him if you haven't already. And then, you know it either will be that he is willing to you know step up and show you love and care and affection in the way that that you would like to be treated and the way that you most would be receptive to receiving that from him or it's going to be that he's not able or willing to do that and then you have to decide am i okay continuing in a relationship where my needs are not being met and if you were my client and you told me that you we're okay with continuing in a relationship where you were unhappy and your needs were not being met, I might challenge you on that Um, because I do think that everybody deserves to be in a relationship where they feel valued, where they feel that their partner is making an effort to care for them in the way that they best receive it. And that if your partner is not willing or able to do that, that does not mean they're a bad person. That does not mean we have to demonize them, but it might mean they're not the right partner for you. So get clear on what it is that you want from your boyfriend If you're willing to have the conversation with him, make that really clear to him. And then from there, he will decide whether or not he's willing or able to meet those needs. And if he's not, then you have a decision to make. And you're not asking too much. You're really not. You're not asking that much at all. You deserve to be treated the way you wanna be treated and to feel the love that from your partner in the way that you want to feel and receive love, okay? This last question comes from the contact form at my website. So if you go to aubreyhenderson.com, you can scroll down. You'll find a cute little contact form that you can fill out um, with any question you have, and it sends it straight to me, and I can answer it on the podcast. Um, this one is a little on the longer side, so I'm going to pull out some key points and kind of paraphrase rather than reading the whole thing verbatim. But this person is basically asking, "How do you deal with someone you highly dislike?" Um, I have to deal with my boyfriend's brother's new girlfriend. So it's it's her boyfriend, the question writer's boyfriend. Um, his brother has a new girlfriend. And, you know, we got into a physical fight on New Year, she told me I was being a bitch and to mind my own business, all because I asked them to join the party instead of sitting on the couch. Um, There's an anecdote here about this, um, the girlfriend calling the question writer a racial slur, which I'm not going to read and repeat, but that is so not okay. Obviously, Um, my boyfriend's brother tends to pick shitty girlfriends. Um, He puts up with anyone's bullshit, and now I'm stuck with her. Um, I've been dating my boyfriend for five years. She has been with the brother for three months and has already moved in with his parents, with her child. My blood boils even thinking about her. I don't want her apologies because those racial slurs were said, and I can't easily forgive that. Um, The boyfriend already told the brother, you know, he doesn't want to talk to her anymore. The brother came back and said, you know, she was acting that way because of her mental illness, but I know about mental illness, I struggle with it as well, but i don't I don't blame blame it for my behavior any tips ooh, this is hard, and I think you know there there is some stuff here, particularly that you know it sounds like there's name calling it sounds like you know you mentioned she called you a racial slur that is beyond not okay, and so it sounds like for you there's not you're not looking for apologies, you're not necessarily looking for reconciliation, and I think that's okay. I think recognizing that you're in that place where a really hard boundary has to be set is okay. And it sounds like your um it sounds like your boyfriend has already kind of done that with his brother, has set a boundary and said, you know, I I don't want to interact with her, which is great. And I think th- it's great to be able to recognize that and be able to name it. And I think sometimes it can feel hard to do that. And so the fact that your boyfriend is having that conversation with the with his brother and saying, hey, I I'm sorry we can't we can't be around her is good. And I think the key here really is gonna be about boundaries. I think it's tough because, you know, as you mentioned, and it sounds like there's some frustration and I imagine some backstory with, you know, family dynamics that come into play and that she, you know, has moved in now with um, it sounds like with your boyfriend's parents potentially. And so she's around. I mean, if you're hanging out with your boyfriend's family, it's it's likely that she's going to be there. But I think ultimately what you're you're going to need to do is decide what your boundaries are going to be. That, you know, maybe maybe you're and I don't know what your the specifics of your situation look like. Maybe it's possible for you to say you're not going to interact with her at all. So if she's going to be somewhere you're not you're not going to be in that place, right? Maybe that's a boundary that feels feasible. Maybe that's not a feasible boundary and you might have to be around her, but you decide you're not going to engage with her. Um, Maybe you decide that you'll engage with her kind of on a superficial level, but if the conversation kind of reaches a certain place that you're going to walk away, right? But I think the key here is recognizing that, you know, she has displayed this, you know, frankly, really shitty and harmful behavior and has treated you inappropriately. And so, what you get to decide is how you're going to show up in that. And I, I hear that, you know, in what you wrote, you wrote that your blood boils just thinking about her. There's a lot of anger there. And I get that. That makes complete sense. I mean, this person has has verbally attacked you. And so, you know, there's not – it's not a place where I'm going to say, well, just, just you know, forgive and forget and move forward. I think it sounds like for you there's there's a lot of anger there. And so I think being able to set those boundaries where you can create as much distance as you can – at least for right now is going to be the move, right? It sounds like you're not in a place that you're going to, you're going to feel like you can hash it out with her and have a moment of reconciliation. And it also, I don't think that necessarily is, is what's going to be best for you right now. I think the thing that feels like it might be best for you is to not, is to limit the amount of engagement that you have with her. If you recognize that it brings up a lot of anger for you, um, Because yeah, not only is it, you know, putting you in a situation with a person who has said harmful things to you, but also it brings up a a lot of negative emotion for you and understandably so. And so I think to protect yourself psychologically, it's probably good at least for now to have some space. And that's also going to prevent, you know, from your end, as much as you can control that, it prevents there from being more of those interactions where she could say something harmful to you, right? Or where you could potentially get angry and say something that, you know, you wouldn't, you you might look back on and not want to have said, right? I think it's probably better just based on what you've shared to create some distance as much as you can. And that's not to say this is never something that could be revisited or that, you know, you couldn't eventually have a conversation. Maybe you decide that you don't want to, and that's also okay. Um, But the key here is recognizing what your boundaries are going to be and also making sure that you and your boyfriend are on the same page about what those boundaries are and that you're really kind of in lockstep with him and communicating with him about what it looks like for the two of you to participate in things where she's going to be there, right? And what your decision, kind of unified decision is on that. And that's not to say that you two can't feel different ways. It sounds like you two are in alignment, that you don't want to be around her, but You know, it could be that he's okay with going to something where she's there if he just isn't interacting with her directly. And maybe for you, it's that if she's there, you don't want to be there. It doesn't feel okay for you. And ultimately, you get to decide what feels right for you, right? Um, But having the support of your partner is going to be really helpful in that. It's going to help to reinforce that for you. And, you know, you feeling supported in that is really important. So all that is to say... I'm really sorry that, you know, somebody has been hateful toward you and that this is a person that you have to interact with, um, because they're a part of your boyfriend's family. That's really shitty and it's unacceptable. Even if someone is, and to your point, you know, I think we can recognize and appreciate that we don't always show up as our best selves. And if we're struggling with our mental health and we really might not be showing up as our best selves, we might be under stress, we might be experiencing pain, but that ultimately that's, it's really not an excuse for calling someone a, a racial slur, right? That's not an excuse for, for being hateful. Um, and that, you know, we can have empathy for the the struggles and experiences that someone else is going through that you can recognize like, okay, she may be struggling with her mental health. And at the same time, you don't have to be in situations where you're around somebody who has caused you psychological pain, who has said something hateful related to your identity. And so I think we can hold both of those things at once, right? We can have compassion for whatever it is she's going through, but that doesn't mean you have to be around her. And so you get to have your boundaries, hold tight to those, you know, communicate with your partner and, you know, make sure that the two of you, whether you're on exactly the same page or not, make sure that you're really clear on, you know, what the boundaries are going to be for you, what the boundaries are going to be for him and how y'all are going to approach that together. And, you know, I hope that you don't have to experience that kind of, of interaction with her again, whether that's because you're not interacting with her, whether that's because she recognizes that she fucked up and apologizes, whatever it is. Um, I hope it gets better. Good luck. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform leave a rating or a review and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one i love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty bad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at
1: aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babe.